everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Petra Manos. Hey, how you going? Joel Schobert. Hey, everybody. Brad Large. How's it going, everybody? I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, Paul Kogan. Paul, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. Sure. Um, yeah, so my name is Paul Kogan, and I run a company, Less Accounting, and... Um, we're a cloud-based accounting software platform for consultants, solopreneurs, small businesses that don't care much about becoming an accountant or bookkeeper just to handle their company's finances. So while tools like QuickBooks and Xero are great for accountants and larger businesses, uh, might be an overkill for, for simple, uh, smaller businesses. So that's the um, market we serve. This episode is sponsored by Cloudways. If you're running a business, then you need a website and your website needs to be up 24-7. You probably want support. I mean, let's face it, cloud hosting is a pain in the butt. And if you're really looking for a solution, you probably want something that will support WordPress or Magento or something that you can build up on your own without having to be an expert in running all of this stuff. So why not go with a solution that will provide all of this with 24-7 support, high availability, and will run your website with high performance and reliability. This is why I recommend that you check out Cloudways. Go check out Cloudways at cloudways.com. Use the promo code DEVCHAT for 30% off for three months on all plans. I just think it's funny because uh, when we talked about doing this episode, um, I was thinking back, and I remember when Alan and Steve built Less Accounting. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, you know, Alan Branch and uh, Steve Bristol. Uh, Steve has passed away. But um, yeah, just the great guys. And yeah, they had less accounting and less films and less something else. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Alan still, I actually talked to Alan uh, recently. He still uh, runs less films. Uh, He also has a brewery and he builds, uh, uh, he builds uh, houses out of warehouses in uh, Panama city, Florida. Okay. So he actually did a, a show on HGTV on how to turn a, a warehouse into into a home, into a residence. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I'm I'm one sh- friendship away from fame. Um, but yeah, so let's talk accounting here for a minute. It's it's definitely my favorite thing. I'll I'll just tell you. I mean, if 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 I can do accounting all day, never mind. <laughs> I freaking hate doing my books. Sure, for sure. And we, what we do at Less Accounting is, is we, we take that task of, of bookkeeping and, and simplify it so that you don't have to worry about things like uh, what's accounts payable, general ledger, balance sheet. Uh, so we take that, uh, that, that task that, that gives people anxiety and, and simplify that. Um, another part of our business is, is a fully done for you bookkeeping service where we have a team of uh, very knowledgeable bookkeepers that will take the, your business finances completely off your hands and only bother once or twice a month when they need to uh, get some information. Um, and uh, another direction that we're moving towards now is, is, is the a network of CPAs that specialize in your business. So if you're a software business uh, and you want to hire a CPA, you probably don't want to hire uh, a CPA that takes care of um, dry cleaning businesses or, or construction, right? So you want someone that is familiar with the 
subscription model, um, you know, licensing from an accounting perspective. And you want to have a, uh, a CPA, hire a CPA that has uh, a good understanding of, of the SaaS metrics and revenue recognition and things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, th- I think that's what they built it for was because they couldn't find something that really served their needs. And so that makes a ton of sense. Um, I, I have a horror story to tell. <laughs> so um, I've been using QuickBooks online for a while and um, I hired an accountant to, or a bookkeeper to, you know, handle my books. And I went to file my taxes and it turned out that they totally messed them up. Like it was, it was completely Anyway, I wound up just uh, deleting everything they'd done and recategorizing everything for the whole year. And um, toward the end of it, I actually screwed them up. <laughs> and so I, I hired my CPA ter- uh, firm that does my taxes to kind of figure the rest of it out. And I was just like, just get me close, right? And then this year I'll do better. So yeah, how- <laughs> I guess, I guess there's a certain level of splitting the difference between doing it yourself or hiring somebody and how do you know the person you hired is not goofing it up and yeah. Sure. So yeah, like there, we hear a lot of these uh, horror stories, right? And, and uh, you know, who do you hire? Do you hire a bookkeeper or a CPA? Do you do it yourself? So how do you decide, right? So, so there is a, a difference between, um, and I was going to talk about it a little later, but uh, uh, we, we can get into it now, uh, which is basically the difference between uh, hiring, um, hiring a bookkeeper versus hiring uh, an accountant, right? So the role of, of a bookkeeper is is basically to do your transactional transactional tasks, right? So there are some tasks that the bookkeepers aren't equipped for. So that's where accountants come in. And while bookkeepers record daily transactions, accountants use that information to compile uh, compiled by a bookkeeper to produce financial models of your business, right? Um, so at, do you hire a bookkeeper? So if if you uh, if you're a smaller business, right, and you cannot afford a full time bookkeeper working with you nine to five, you probably uh, shameless plug for less accounting. But you probably want to hire a service uh, like uh, like less accounting, where um, we handle your bookkeeping, check in with you a couple of times a month, and then just hand it off to your CPA at the end of the year. If you're a larger business um, that needs to worry about uh, accounts payable, receivable, payroll, uh, you probably want to hire a a CPA uh, that will work for you and advise um, at least quarterly um, and take care of all things like tax planning um, and filing and things like that. Uh, So bookkeepers are generally responsible for, uh, for income statements, balance sheets, cash flow statements, um, while accountants are, are going to look at your finances and actually be able to advise on what, what you need to do uh, and how to take advantage of the, um, of the tax deductions. That's good information. So, Paul, here's one. I, I literally, I just started my LLC. I called my accountant and I was like, hey, man, this is, this is what's happening. I'm trying to transfer assets over and do all this kind of stuff. And I want to make sure that I set this up right. Um, and he was like, well, you know, you're a consulting agency. Uh, you don't have like a ton of overhead or expenses going in or out or anything like that. You can probably just uh, like track that in Excel 
and then we can like update that quarterly or whatever. So in my situation, like I, I, I did a trial of less accounting a while ago, I think when I started uh, just a sole proprietorship thing, but now that I'm paying more attention to this, when would I know that it's time for me to stop tracking things in a spreadsheet and like go to uh, some kind of service or like so many, so much time you're spending yeah. doing these things or does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that, that's a very good question. Very good question. So um, even even if you're if you're a sole proprietor and you need to uh, you need to take care of your basic accounting, um, you could do that in in a spreadsheet, right? Uh, but what the, all these tools, including less accounting, what they do is they they connect to your banks and they pull that information into less accounting. So if you if you have uh, three or more business accounts, uh, you don't want to be downloading that information manually, right? So you want to connect your accounts and, and just uh, take care of that. Another thing. Um, Can I interject I here? Sure, absolutely. I, <laughs> I do profit first. And so okay. profit first tells you to do five accounts. Yeah. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a royal pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and these tools, all these tools are, are so cheap uh, that uh, it, you know, it, it totally makes sense to, to have it uh, done uh, right away. And I understand as a, as someone that's just starting a business, um, this is probably the last thing on your mind. And when I started years ago in 2005, when I started my e-commerce business, I wanted to focus just on that. I didn't care about bookkeeping or accounting. So you know, this, this is something that is definitely uh, definitely needs to be taken care of as soon as possible. So to your point, Brad, yeah, you could do that in, in a spreadsheet, but uh, once you start bringing transactions in, you have to categorize it, right? Um, so you have to worry about, uh, you know, did I, I just bought something at Staples? What, how do I categorize something like that? Um, so what we do with Last Accounting is we have a set of rules that basically matches the transactions that we pull in and we, we automatically set it up for you. So you don't have to worry about it. So once you create a bunch of rules, uh, any transaction that comes in, if it's a, a payment that you receive uh, from Stripe, it will be properly categorized based on those rules. So um, I would recommend to start looking at the bookkeeping or accounting so software um, as soon as possible. I used to use a spreadsheet as well when I first started. And um, but I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> and I, my, my, my friend's father's bookkeeper and I called him and he's like, what are you doing using a spreadsheet? So he immediately got me onto um, some software and, um, and I got a bookkeeper as well. And I must say, I never looked back. For me, the, it, it just made things so much easier. I never looked back. And yeah. I wouldn't want to go back to a spreadsheet again. So I think if, and also the, the cost of software isn't that much in the wider scheme of things. I guess in the case of um, Brad, he's moonlighting. So his self-employment income is only a certain portion, which makes it hard because then your fixed expenses are a higher percentage of your gross income, but still getting that software in place, I'd never look back. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you you could, uh, once you have your sp spreadsheet set up and you don't have that many transactions, you, you can definitely uh, use something like that to handle uh, your bookkeeping. But if you wanted to know uh, cash flow, right, how much money you have coming in, do I have enough money to pay my, my vendors? Um, do I have that? When is this next uh, invoice going to be paid? When will, will it show up on my account? Things like that you could do manually, but it's just going to take, uh, uh, take a long time and it's the time that you can spend elsewhere. 
Yeah, moonlighting, that's one thing that I don't have a lot of time. Like, I, I, I'm already doing operations stuff. I'm already trying to do marketing. I'm already trying to do, like, if, if I could completely unload that, then that's obviously very attractive. And uh, I think a lot of it, at least in my situation, is a write-off anyway. So any money that I do spend, you know, towards my bottom line, I'm getting a deduction on for, uh, you know, software for my business or whatever. So I, I think it definitely makes sense. I, it's just, it's so funny to me. And so far I've paid for all the different subscriptions for software and everything I need just for in a yearly chunk and done all that. And so I don't have a ton of monthly expenses, but it does make sense to just have it completely hands off. I mean, I do, I use uh, YNAB, you need a budget for yeah. My personal finances. So why not do that for the business and just get it taken care of for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is uh, if you, if you consider the current situation, right. So and a lot of people, I'm sure you've heard of all the government funding that's currently available. If you need to prepare, if you need to apply for one of the programs, right. You don't, uh, you don't want to do it with a spreadsheet. So you want to have your proper documents and high quality bookkeeping set up, so that when you do get questioned by the banks, um, you can provide that information within minutes instead of kind of trying to fix it um, and you know trying to dig through your spreadsheets to figure out what, what goes where. As you can imagine, um, we had a huge influx of inquiries on the topic of COVID-19 and, and from our current customers as well as, as the new clients. And many that reached out haven't done their bookkeeping in, in, in years. <laughs> so uh, some business owners completely ignore their financials. Some, some are doing business out of their personal account. So whatever the reason is for, for not properly handling your bookkeeping, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot with, you know, because you don't meet the minimum requirements for, for any of these programs. Right. So uh, I've been, so quite some time ago when I first started, I just did my invoices in a Word document, made them look nice, incremented the numbers, yep. send them out. Yep. And that actually worked, but it was very laborious tracking the time and keeping track of invoices that way. And so recently I moved over to FreshBooks so I can track mm -hmm. hours pretty easily and then actually make the invoices and get those back. How, how would that particular thing relate to all these other things you're talking about? Would that be typically part of all one service from a place or would that be something you would still do separately and then people would work with the outputs of that? So do you mean in terms of bookkeeping, of, of the bookkeeping service? Yeah, would the bookkeeping service have something built in yeah. for time tracking and invoicing or is that something that typically is going to be separate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we, we do have, that, that's something that idea, ideally you would uh, do it within the same system. And we do have the time tracking component in less accounting as well as invoicing. So if you're, if you're working with a client and you bill a client for 40 hours of work, Right. So, so there's a ton, time tracking module that allows you to do that. And at the end of the uh, at the end of your billing cycle, whether you do it biweekly or monthly, uh, you would basically the system would calculate the amount of hours that you spend with a client, uh, multiply it by multiply it by your hourly rate range, and then uh, create an invoice out of that. So all that is done within just a, a few clicks. Once you send out your invoice and you get paid by your client, uh, that information will come in uh, to less accounting and will be um, applied, the, the payment will be applied towards your invoice and that will be uh, added as a transaction in your accounting reports. So we also offer um, payment reminders so that 
um, you don't have to chase your clients. So you, you send out an invoice and you can specify a time interval and it will basically send out reminders until that invoice uh, gets paid, uh, until you get paid. Great, thanks. Does, yeah, does that answer your question, Joel? It does. Yeah, cool. Uh, so um, since I started talking about the, uh, uh, the COVID-19 programs, um, so there, yeah. there are a couple of programs that I wanted. There, there are um, a few programs available, uh, but uh, one I wanted to uh, get into is the uh, Paycheck Protection Program. Um, so there are two of them available. There's the EIDL and the Paycheck Protection. And please stop, stop me if I'm going too deep into it. Or I'm using too many accounting terms or it gets a little boring, but I think it's important to know what's going on. Um, and it's a really attractive program for businesses um, suffering uh, that they were impacted by by what's happening now. Um, so the PPP is very interesting because it's it's a loan, uh, but there's a potential for loan forgiveness and it carries no personal liabilities, right? So any small business uh, with fewer than 500 employees would qualify for that. Uh, so that includes nonprofits uh, as well. And you can get um, two and a half times of your monthly average payroll. Um, so if you're if you are making if your employees making a hundred thousand, uh, or you have three employees, you can pretty much take three hundred the total salary three hundred thousand divided by twelve to arrive at, to the at the average, and then multiply it by two and a half, um, and that's the maximum loan amount that you can apply for. Um, so that program is basically um, giving you free money, right? So when you uh, apply for a loan, it is still a loan, but as long as you spend that money on the payroll, 75% of that has to go uh, to the payroll and 25% can be used for uh, mortgage interest or, or uh, utilities or rent, um, that money will be forgiven. Um, so that's something that uh, you would apply at the end of the year and to uh, to get the uh, to get the forgiveness. I heard it explained like it's a loan, but it kind of like turns into a grant as long as it's spent the appropriate way and you qualify. Right. right. And that's, Is that that's, pretty accurate? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, that's it. Does it doesn't work for a company that has one employee like mine? Yeah. Yeah. So you can, uh, so th there are different programs available. Uh, so if you are a sole proprietor or, or self-employed, right. And, um, or you have 1099 contractors, so you cannot apply on their behalf, but as a self-employed, you could apply as long as you can prove that in 2019, um, you had, um, you had net, uh, you had profit, you had net revenue, right. So you can take that amount, amount, divide that by, by 12 and multiply by 2.5. And that's the total amount of uh, loan amount that you can qualify, qualify for. Um, so unfortunately, as of a few days ago, uh, the fund ran out of money. Um, so mm -hmm. on April 16, uh, there were more applicants than uh, the, the, the money available. And um, you cannot apply for the PPP loan anymore uh, but there were some discussion based on uh, on the New York Times article there were some discussion that uh, there were there were debates between Republican and, and the Democrats uh, this weekend and there is a possibility that another loan will be approved so the 349 billion that they allocated initially ran out in a couple of weeks so the application started on April 3rd and by 16 the money was gone 
Um, so now they're talking about allocating another 400 billion, so the 310 for the PPP program, and then the 60 billion for the uh, EIDL program. So EIDL is the it stands for Economic Injury Disaster Loan. Um, so that that one is uh, is similar, but it's a loan. Uh, uh, so that uh, you can apply for that one. Uh, there is no forgiveness component uh, in the EIDL. Um, so when you apply for the loan, they give you an initial uh, grant of 10,000. Uh, that's kind of like an emergency gr grant that will be applied, uh, should be applied within three days. Um, and then uh, if, you get, if you don't get approved for some reason, you keep the money. So that's, uh, that's another thing about this EIDL loan. Another thing that I wanted to mention on the PPP is that uh, you should, if if you have, uh, um, once they do approve it, you should prepare documentation and apply for that loan as soon as possible. Because what's been happening and what I heard from some of my um, uh, contacts at banks is that banks give preference to uh, larger businesses. So, so it makes a lot more sense for them to extend a $1 million loan uh, one one million dollar loan, then a hundred loans at twenty thousand each, because the amount of work that goes into that is the same. And uh, if you do, if it, this program does get approved, uh, you need to apply as soon as possible. This has had kind of an interesting outcome for me because I was in the process of uh, going corp to corp with the company that I worked for, and their accounting department actually applied for this grant uh, loan um, before I had before they had notified them that I was trying to go corp to corp. So I was going to switch everything over to my LLC, but because they applied for this, they then came back and said, well, if we do this now, then it could look like we're trying to commit fraud because we counted you for towards mm -hmm. this grant money. Yeah. And now, uh, so that got pushed off. If we get approved because we did get in that, that waiting period, the money had run out, but our application was in. So I'm just sitting in limbo for the next week waiting to, to hear. And, you know, I'm kind of torn about it because on one hand, we have employees at our company that are, could potentially lose their job or be furloughed, you know, but on the other hand, I selfishly kind of want us to get denied so I can start my business. But I mean, obviously it, it's a weird situation right now. It's completely unprecedented. So these programs uh, are, are out there. So it's interesting that, you know, from a, and sort of unrelated and they're the they're the business doing their books but because they had to prepare that paperwork it's it's funny how that trickles down throughout a company right so it's yeah. interesting to hear your your take on that yeah yeah uh yeah the, so the information changes hourly literally so we have someone constantly monitoring the sba.gov site as well as the the banks uh just to see but there's a lot, a lot of uh, uncertainty and what what exactly is happening and like in your situation if a company applies on your behalf um yeah what do you what do you do do you if you're a gig worker or if you're if you're working as a contractor on 1099 are you able to apply so you couldn't do that um until april 10 is when when you could apply and then uh from what we hear a lot of our customers do apply and then they don't hear from their bank uh, for days and they apply somewhere else. Um, and then you cannot have two of these loans uh, in process at the same time. Actually, and exactly the same by as Brad. It, it's funny how the timing goes like that, but I actually incorporated at the end of February. And then, um, so we've got a different program um, here in Australia. It's called JobKeeper. But the JobKeeper um, is 
backdated to the 1st of March. And I think my incorporation date was like the 26th of February or something. And um, so I'm actually trying to go through my account at the moment to see what's going to happen because um, on our program, if you're a sole uh, trader and you've lost 30% or more of your revenue, then you're eligible for this JobKeeper program. But there's a, um, it explicitly says in the instructions um, that you're only eligible to be a sole trader if you're not an employee of any entity. And since I became a director four days before that occurred, um, I, I sent out three invoices um, in my new entity. But to be honest, I don't think that that matters anyway, because if I'm a director, I'm, I think I'm technically an employee. So I'm just waiting for my accountant to get back to me on that. But yeah. it's really stressful because the um, my revenue tanked and... Um, that job keeper that we have here replaces uh, $1,500 a fortnight while, during the period that they're providing the grant. And um, I'm, I'm really hoping that, that this little glitch of a four days of being a director isn't going to um, yeah. create a problem. So, yeah, I'm just waiting for my accountant. So I'm in limbo too. It's just funny how we both happen to badly time that, Brad. <laughs> It was horrible timing, but congratulations <laughs> on your incorporation. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I was you. so excited about it. I know I was too. Like, I went straight to the bank to get my new <laughs> bank account sorted out. And yeah, no, the timing wasn't good, was it? Have you thought about making a career transition into data analytics? You should check out Springboard's data analytics career track. It's similar to an online data analytics bootcamp with the difference that a career track follows a project-based learning methodology where students work on real-life projects that employers are interested in. The program's 100% online and each student is paired with a data analytics expert who provides unlimited one-on-one -on -one mentorship and support throughout the program via video conference calls. Springboard also offers job guarantees for all their career tracks. That means you don't have to pay for the program until you secure a new job in data analytics. Freelancer Show is exclusively offering a scholarship of $500 to interested applicants based in the U.S. or Canada. Make sure to use the code DASpringboard when you enroll. There are only 20 scholarships available, and scholarships are awarded on a first-come, first-served basis. Check if you qualify by applying at devchat.tv slash DAC. The application is free, and it takes 10 minutes. That's devchat.tv slash DAC. Yeah, I fell on that uh, timing thing as well with this. So when they very first started out, the EIDL was supposed to be up to 10,000 and act sort of like an advance against the triple P. And then when you filled up for triple P, you just said, well, I got this much really quickly from EIDL because that application was trivial. Just literally, yes, I want this pretty much. And then later, more rules came out about how the EIDL was going to work. And then I think I saw something recently said they're going to lower it to only up to 1,000 per employee of that firm, which for my firm would be two right now. And then our triple P application, the main bank I banked with was sort of in, uh, in the timeout chair because they had some problems uh, a couple of years ago. So they had extra rules and couldn't get their triple P opened up. And so I went and applied through one of my credit unions. And I think I got the application filled out the morning of the 16th and then heard, heard like a couple hours later, the triple P had run out of money on the 16th. So I literally just filled mine out the day that they ran out and it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 
you know, you have to be careful as well uh, on the forgiveness part, right? So when the time comes to actually apply for loan forgiveness, you need to make sure that you get all the proper documentation in place and you need to make sure that you indicate that you applied for both. And if you did get a grant from EIDL, um, so you can't really uh, double dip on the, on that money, right? So you have to let them know that this is what I got. So that amount will be uh, subtracted from the amount, amount that uh, will be forgiven. The interesting thing about uh, Paycheck Protection Program is that if you, so you need to keep your employees for, um, you cannot, if you do uh, fire someone between uh, February 15th and uh, I believe it's end of April, so that the, you you can still get the forgiveness as long as you rehire that per, uh, rehire for that position within a 30-day period. So there are a lot of things that uh, you need to consider when when applying for forgiveness, and definitely talk to your CPA, uh, banker, uh, an attorney to make sure that uh, that that uh, grant doesn't turn into a loan that you have to repay. I think that's an interesting point. There was one uh, one company that uh, I know had applied, and uh, my buddy works for them, and they laid off so many people that their application got denied like pretty quickly even though there was a long processing times they just went through i think anybody that like kind of hit that flag they were like well you've just had this many people you know laid off whatever and i don't know if that was part of the app i don't even know how it works but he he was he found out like a week later after they made massive sweeping layoffs that that's because that's the intent right the intent is to keep people employed yeah yeah to keep the economy growing and and going um, yeah, so the, th- the thing is that uh, I don't know if you heard of uh, Shake Shack uh, getting a $10 million grant. And, and th- that's part of the reason why yeah. the money ran out so quickly, right? Because uh, there were so many companies that qualify, right? They, they, they're under 500 employees, right? But the amount, uh, I think, the uh, what's the name of the steakhouse? Ruth? Ruth? Uh, Forget the name of the state. Yeah, Ruth, Ruth Chris. Yeah, Ruth Chris. Yeah. yeah. So same there, right? So they uh, obviously they they don't operate. Um, they were shut down by the government, so they they need to uh, they need to keep paying employees on, unless they lay them off. But you know, for a company of that size, you can imagine the size of the loan that they uh, and uh, that they need. And although they they can only qualify for, I think it's capped at ten million. Uh, you know, a few a few like this, and 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 that's it. The money is gone. So someone that really needs it, a sole proprietor or, or uh, an independent contractor, um, you know, cannot, cannot get the loan that they need. That's one thing. Um, that's one thing I've been going through recently because I, I had planned to refinance my home and do some home renovations. So kind of unrelated, but it has been vastly impacted by this. Three of the institutions that I would have normally been, you know, that would have been my go-to places. Uh, there's three out of four of them are saying we're not doing refinance loans right now. Right. Even so, uh, which I, I kind of get because in times of instability, you want to make sure that people aren't just pulling home value out to pay bills and to, you know, get themselves, dig themselves into a deeper hole or whatever. But at the same time, it's, it, you know, these renovation projects, I'm like, Oh man, come on. I was going to have these, all these things done. Now all these banks are like, we really don't know how to act right now. We don't know what's happening. Uh, so we're just going to stop accepting applications for a while. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's even uh, we we feel the impact of of that uh, now. What the point that I uh, I was trying to make earlier is that when we pull in the the transaction information from different bank accounts, um, even now because the bank systems are so overloaded with with what's happening, uh, they don't even support that part. So if we have a, a customer of ours that uh, that needs to pull some transactions from Chase or from from Citibank, um, you know they they, they basically put that on the back burner so if whenever they they the api that they apis that they expose to the third party um systems they they that they usually provide support for now it's not uh, on the top of their list now they're processing all these loans and then they need to worry they they moved all of their resources to that part of the of the infrastructure and even trying to trying to call call them on the phone it takes a probably good good 20 minutes to get through i was just trying to uh unlock my account recently and that's that's what happened our tax office here just um, employed a whole bunch of backpackers i think because some of my colleagues have been calling our um like the the um, the tax office asking questions and they've been in hold for 90 minutes and then getting through to a person who literally just has a screen in front of them with the same information that everybody else has. And then if she asks them a question, the person's like, I don't know. I only just got hired yesterday. (laughs) So just the sheer number of inquiries that people are trying to make to work out their finances at the moment. And um, I guess there are some people that have all the answers, but that information isn't easily being disseminated. Because a lot of these kind of topics as well, the, the government will try to write it into a help file online, but they're using jargon terms that a lot of people don't understand. And when it comes to finances, a lot of people feel like a deer in headlights anyway. So if they're reading a whole bunch of jargon and they can't get information from calling anywhere, like it, it must be very stressful for a lot of people right now that are actually really needing that financial assistance and can't work out what to do. Yeah, yeah. Just just judging by the the amount of uh, emails and calls that we get from our current clients and 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 uh, new clients, just trying to get uh, information on what they need to do, what type of information they need to provide. Do they need to have the the twenty nineteen taxes filed? Uh, do they need to have? Uh, um, you know, how do they, the question that Jack asked, how do you, if you're just a sole proprietor and you don't have any payroll set up, uh, how do you apply? What do you, what number do you use uh, for, um, for something like this? So, you know, the questions like this, um, it, it is available, but there are so many, so many different sources, right? And uh, it, it would be good to have, uh, to have it compiled into a, a summary sort of, but, uh, you know, because it changes so much, it's just, uh, it's impossible to keep track of it. So my question is, since I didn't have this set up before, is it too late? What do I do now? Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So you can't apply anymore. So uh, right uh, until they approve the, the funding. So what you do need to have is you need to have high quality documentation. High quality bookkeeping is so important right now. Have that ready. Not only that, but but also you need to have uh, uh, all, all the non-bookkeeping bookkeeping docs in order, like entity documents, unit purchase agreements, ownership structure, things like that. Um, so and. It, each financial institution have their own um, requirements. 
so it is advisable to apply with your lender where you have your business uh, banking account, right? Because they already did your compliance and your KYC and whatnot. And um, it's it's the simplest ways to go there. And, and many offer um, forms where you can just go in and apply within a few clicks, uh, literally. Um, and then uh, just wait until, so what we're hearing from our customers that is that it takes uh, about three to five days for a loan officer to get back to them. And then once you assign, they call it an ETRAN number, um, that pretty much means that uh, your, uh, the funding has been allocated and they're just working through the um, kind of due diligence to make sure that all the documentation that you provided is, is uh, what, uh, you know, is, is actual, is, is true. So, um, you know, ultimately the information that you provide on the application falls on the applicant, right? Any bank or accounting, platform uh, you apply through uh, for this loan we will require that you provide the most accurate information and you're basically certifying uh, your information on the application. So very important to have the bookkeeping and accounting in order uh, so that uh, when the time comes, um, you know, you'll be the first one online, first 100 in line. And uh, another thing, it's, it's not an instant uh, qualification. So when you apply with a bank, they still have to go to, um, to the SBA, right? The SBA will ask questions. Uh, so this process will take time and it's a crappy time now <laughs> and it sucks, you know, so we, we all need to be patient. Everyone is going through this. Well, here's one of the things that was least clear to me on this whole process so uh, you do the numbers, you divide your last year's income by 12, multiply by two and a half, and there's your loan amount. And then the forgiveness says at least 75% of that has to be spent on payroll. So does that mean that of that two and a half times you get, when you initially um, put in that number, can that number have, can that number divided be, be divided by 0 0.75? because you're going to spend some more money on non-payroll things such as rent or other things which appears to be allowed. So is it literally just two and a half times of your salary or is it two and a half times of salary divided by 0.75? So it's no, it's actually, they, so they take the, the payroll and I, I tried, uh, uh, we helped a few customers of ours uh, apply for these loans and, and the last one we did was with Chase. So basically when you apply, you specify your, uh, your income um, and they'll do the calculation for you. So they only take into consideration your payroll, so what you actually paid. But then from what I understand, the forgiveness is that when you when you apply for forgiveness, you have to spend at least 75% of that amount um, on payroll and the rest can be spent on taxes. So they don't really they don't really use your mortgage interest or rent or utilities to figure out the uh, the total amount of the loan, which is uh, weird to be, right? So they only uh, only use your payroll expenses. Got it. That helps yeah. a lot. That clears yeah. it up. Do you know yeah. if uh, if the company pays your uh, health care, if that counts as part of payroll? So, uh, yes. The last I heard is that if you, if, if, uh, so it's your payroll plus the health care and medical expenses. Yes. Great. Thanks. So um, a lot of questions, uh, especially um, the sole proprietors ask is, what if I showed, um, you know, what if I showed losses, right? If I didn't make any money in 2019, unfortunately, out of luck, you do not qualify um, for that. But if you started paying yourself uh, and you can prove um, in 2020, uh, so you can use the last three months of that uh, to calculate the average amount. 
again, this is the information that we got. It might uh, it might change by the time this episode airs. It's interesting. It's not really an area I thought we'd go into. I thought we were going to talk about what a pain <laughs> bookkeeping is. But yeah, yeah, we can, it's, we can it's talk good about information. that too. Yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can talk about the bookkeeping and the role of uh, of bookkeepers and um, and. So it, many may ask, what what do bookkeepers do all day, right? Uh, so why what what is it that we do for our clients? Um, so there are some tasks that we do, that we do on on monthly basis, right? So for the, the the first week week of the month, we'll reach out and we'll ask uh, you for your bank statements because what we need to do is we need to do something called bank reconciliation. So we need to make sure that the transactions on your bank account actually reconcile with what we have in less accounting. Why is it important? Because if you have, uh, if you have inconsistency in transactions, that may reflect badly on your, on your balance sheets and on your income statements. Um, while most transactions can be auto categorized, uh, things like Amazon, right? So you'll purchase, you'll purchase 100 items from Amazon and they might all be different items. So how do you figure out? They actually don't put any descriptions. Um, so that transaction will just come in as Amazon.com, right? So things like that is something that a bookkeeper will be in contact with you and will will have to figure out. So there's definitely some manual work involved in, um, in doing bookkeeping. So, and and this is why why is it important to have your booking? So we mentioned a few times. So in a situation like this, you need to apply for a, a loan, even if it's uh, not one of those triple uh, P or, or the ideal loans. Just you need to you want to expand your business. The bank will ask for balance sheet. The bank will ask for all kinds of documentation to make sure that uh, uh, that your finances are accurate and and you have uh, um, you have enough income to qualify for the loan. I think it's funny because like I've, I'm so new to this and I like the expense tracking and all that stuff. And, uh, this stuff changes like all, I, I feel like it changes all the time. Like every time I, I listen to an episode, you know, I, I listen to the old episodes of freelancer show where they talk about less accounting and other software products and that kind of stuff. But you know, it's always, it's always weird because by the time you get to it, like it, right now COVID is happening. And so like a bunch of stuff that would normally be true, like all this bookkeeping stuff and how important it is, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people thinking, my gosh, I should have paid attention to this three months ago, but now they're stuck in it. Right. And so it's just, it's such a weird time, but you know, me being new to it, I just look at like, what, what do I need to do? Right. Because there's, there's accounting software and, and uh, uh, bookkeeping software. And then I talk with my accountant because I'm starting things up. So this whole landscape, it just leaves me speechless because I didn't understand how little I knew about it uh, until after the fact, right? Like I started asking questions and, and finding out information about it because now I'm interested in it. But, you know, beforehand, yeah. it really wasn't front and center in my mind. And being consulting, I haven't had a ton of transactions or anything like that. So it's been easy enough that I haven't worried too much about it. But it's definitely something that I'm uh, seeing the value in, especially as, you know, I grow my business and that could take up 
potentially a larger chunk of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For a lot of uh, a lot of uh, customers that reach out to us that, uh, as I mentioned before, that that haven't done uh, their bookkeeping, we offer a service where we we go back and and do your catch up bookkeeping for 2019, and we go as much as needed to make sure that we get your books in order. Um, so we'll review, we'll, we'll pull in your, all your transactions, we'll categorize, we'll do all the bank reconciliations and basically prepare a package um, so that you can apply for the triple P. So uh, one thing that I'm, I'm kind of wondering about, we've already gone almost our full hour, but oh. um, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's good because I think it's going to be good information to have and I'm probably going to prioritize this to go out next week. But yeah, one thing that I'm wondering about and, and that I've struggled with is just hiring a good bookkeeper. So let's say that for whatever reason, I decide that less accounting isn't the way that I want to go. I want to use QuickBooks or Zero or something like that. And I want to hire my own bookkeeper. What kinds of things should I be looking at or asking or driving for to, to make sure that that happens? Sure. So um, one thing you want to make sure is that uh, your bookkeeper or your accountant has experience working with your type of, uh, of a business, right? Like I mentioned before, um, if you're running uh, a podcast, it would be good uh, to have someone who is familiar with that business uh, or in case uh, if you don't have uh, – um, you don't have a bookkeeper doesn't have experience. They may not know how to uh, categorize certain transactions, right? If if you are a startup and you took some funding and and that bookkeeper never heard of uh, VCs or never heard of funding, they they may get confused. They may miscategorize your transaction and and you'll end up uh, in trouble at the end of the year when when they uh, apply. So the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that um, that they're they're knowledgeable and. You know, ask for recommendations, ask for people uh, advice. Um, you could hire a, a local bookkeeper. Um, so that works uh, with you one on one to get the books done. But if your business is not uh, big enough for, for that, um, uh, a firm like Less Accounting that provides virtual bookkeeping is, is a, a way to go. Um, so you want to look at, uh, you know, things that uh, is your bookkeeper comfortable with, uh, with online. Can you, if they request documentation, are they, uh, are they able to work with you virtually? Are they comfortable with uh, going into different tools? Are they, are they, how familiar are they with if they're using QuickBooks online? Are they uh, knowledgeable in that area? So you also want to make sure that um, they're trusted, right? So are they um, are they located in the U.S.? Can you trust them with uh, with your banking information, right? Um, so I've got a uh, well, um, yeah. suggestion as well for who not to hire. In some cases, you'd want to make sure your bookkeeper is quite detail oriented. You don't want to hire. Like a lot of businesses would hire their uh, their spouse or another family member to do bookkeeping. Don't necessarily want to hire someone that's in your family just because they're in your family. Because I've seen um, people that were close to me, they they ended up losing their business because they just went with the spouse option, and that particular spouse wasn't a detail oriented type person and missed a whole lot of things. And they ended up with a tax debt of um, basically they, they couldn't repay their tax burden and they end up going out of business. So I personally, I think it's important to make sure that you've got a trusted third party who is actually going to 
argue with you if you make a mistake. <laughs> like I want my bookkeeper to call me and say, Petra, you forgot to submit all these receipts. What are you doing? What is this stuff? I don't want that person to just um, bury it or forget about it or, um, you know, try not to upset me or I, I want them to argue with me. So yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen that situation. It was, it was distressing for the whole family having a family business like that. Yeah, that's a very good point, Petra. Yeah. Especially if you're dealing with extended family, you don't really want them getting into your finances, right? <laughs> and, and use that <laughs> against you at some point. But in general, the, the rule is if, if your business is uh, less than 1 million in revenue and has a uh, fewer than, than five employees, maybe it makes sense to have a, a, a local, uh, local bookkeeper. So, and you know, that you need to know that you will be doing some of the work. Like uh, if you need to uh, take care of uh, paying some bills or, or you need to stay on top of your invoices. Um, so if you're a business, um, um, you, you know, if, if you would hire a, a virtual bookkeeper, um, if you, you know, if your business is online, you don't care about that, that human experience and, and actually having someone um, and working with someone face-to-face uh, especially in, in during the current situation. Um, for in-house bookkeeper, if your business does more than a million dollars in revenue and more than 30 employers, employees, it probably makes sense uh, for you to hire an in-house bookkeeper. Um, it would be very efficient to wait to do books for a larger business. And they uh, pretty much report directly to you and can get answers at any time. I just felt a huge sigh of relief when I heard those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think Brad asked earlier too, like at what point do you start looking at software? But I'm wondering at what point do you start looking at at, at hiring a bookkeeper? So I've done my book, my own books. Um, I've hired people to do my books. Um, one of the things that I asked the last bookkeeper that I hired to do and he utterly failed at was I was hoping that he could give me some guidance as far as hey, you know, it looks like maybe this expense is something you could cut or, you know, you're spending a lot in this area, but not in that area. And I think that just comes down to actually understanding how your business works, you know, and, and I don't know that I really looked for that. And I don't know if I could find a bookkeeper that understands how a podcast network operates. But yeah. do you have any recommendations for that? Because I, I wanted more than just somebody who was going to go in and categorize stuff. I wanted somebody who could give me real feedback. Yeah, yeah. Categorization is something that is done by by machines, and for the most part, it's done especially in in uh, when you run a a cloud a cloud based accounting software. Uh, it's so easy to to categorize uh, transactions uh, using computers, basically, um, except for those edge cases like Amazon. Uh, uh, but bookkeepers, in general, they can help you properly put transactions in in the right uh, in the right buckets if uh, for questions like um, can you use this expense as a as a as a tax deduction so that's something that you would go and and hire a cpa to do so they can have a a, a tax planning session where they can review your books that were prepared by a bookkeeper and they can say okay so chuck here you can uh, you can deduct that and you can use many of these programs uh, many of the deductions that are available um things like home office right 
um, how many know that home office is something that uh, you can uh, deduct if you if you do know uh, what is the formula so you know you can do 25% of the of the uh, square footage uh, or travel expenses right how do you um, how do you deduct travel expenses can you if you go out for if you go on vacation and 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 uh, you go out for dinner with your spouse can you deduct that it depends, right? So if you, if your spouse is involved in a the business, then yes. Otherwise, you know, it's it's a gray area. Um, so some things like hiring children um, and and relatives, you can you can hire um, children and pay them up to twelve thousand without incurring any any tax, um, and that's that's a valid deduction there. Early in my career, I figured out which jobs were worth working at and which ones weren't, mostly by trial and error. I created a system that I use to find jobs and later contracts as a freelancer. If you're looking for a job or trying to figure out where you should go next, then check out my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. The book walks you through figuring out what you want, vetting companies that meet your criteria, meeting that company's employees, and getting them to recommend you for a job. Don't settle for whoever has listed their job on the job board. Go out and proactively find the job you'll love. Buy the book at devchat.tv jobbook. That's devchat.tv slash job book. A big one is research and development. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but uh, there's something called research and development tax credit, and that applies for uh, businesses like software development firms, engineering, architecture, um, the pharmaceuticals, and things like that. Um, so there's you can deduct up to 250000 uh, of that. Does that answer your question? I kind of went on the, on the rant there. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, but mostly I was looking for you. You know, you're spending a lot on podcast editing, or you're spending a lot on uh, software that does such and such a thing. You know, if if I have categorizations for those, you know, I was looking for just a little bit of feedback. Most businesses your size tend to fit within these parameters, and so you know, it looks like your you know your expenses for tools, software tools, is outsized, and so you might want to just give that a look and make sure that that makes sense what you're doing. And then from there I can just watch it. And if it changes, then I can anyway. Mm. The other thing that I ran into is um, because I was doing profit first, I actually hired a profit for per first professional and they miscategorized pretty much all of the uh, transfers between accounts. So in profit first, you have all your income come into one account yep. and then on the 10th and 25th of every month, then you transfer money into operating expenses, owners pay, you know, I set up a payroll account so I could, but you know, it wasn't technically payroll cause it was uh, contractors, but you kind of get the idea, right? Yeah. And so um, they miscategorized all of those. And so my numbers were way out of whack because I had, you know, $60,000 extra in this, you know, subcategory and you know, it didn't anyway. So yeah. So it just turned out that they didn't understand what I was doing. I think that's a big thing when I started looking at accountants and bookkeepers in my area, uh, the reason I went local is because when I Googled around for somebody that could help me specifically, I didn't find anything that really stood out or that had a clear, like, this is the value you receive by working with me as an independent consultant, you know? So it was, it was very interesting for me to, to look at that because it's, it's not like a, a lot of accountants are just kind of vanilla. Like you, you just see them and it's an accountant, right? So it doesn't matter if I find one 
here or there or in my local hometown. They're just an accountant. They're, uh, to your point, Chuck, I mean, it would take some, you know, special knowledge of what you're doing to be able to make those considerations, I would imagine. And I'm guessing that the, the market for podcast uh, accountants is pretty low, but I bet there would be enough people out there that if somebody did it really well, that it would stand out, right? And so it, it's really interesting to me that uh, it just it, this thing, thing went off into my mind, like that's a very important thing is to identify who you really could provide that extra value to, right? To Paul's point earlier, I, I know he mentioned that Les Accounting was building a network of CPAs. I'd be kind of interested to know more about how he's done that uh, because it seems like with specialist knowledge, you would be able to provide more value because the big thing with bookkeeping and accountants is they're you know, saving you or making you a lot more money than they're charging you, right? And to do that, I'd imagine some industry knowledge would go a long way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and the, the, the just to get into uh, the network of CPA a little bit. So we we um, look for CPAs that are proactive. So what you mentioned, Brad, is that yeah, once I hire an accountant, you know, it doesn't matter where where they're located, but it would be nice to um, for them to call me once in a while and say, listen, uh, you're spending this much on marketing, right? Does it make sense? Do you get the pro the, the ROI that you need? Right, that's something that uh, an, a good accountant would do. But they're, the accountants in general, are, they're, they're terrible at marketing and they're, they're busy, you know, head down into doing tax filings and things like that. Did um, you say so, accountants or developers? <laughs> develop, same there. Yeah, same, same thing. So it's developers as well. So, uh, but what we try to, when we build a network of, of accounts, so we, we put them in, in, in buckets. So someone, uh, like I mentioned, is someone specializing in, in daycare, right? Um, so they know that the child care business in and out and they know, uh, uh, they know approximately how much, uh, how much others spend in this specific category, right? So they can recommend it. They see a spike in expenses. Are you spending too much on marketing? Are you getting the ROI? Do you, are you getting enough? Uh, uh, to per child to justify that expense. So we have uh, uh, we have accountants that specialize in in uh, dental offices, right? Uh, chiropractors, physical therapy. So they all have their own requirements. Uh, it's pretty straightforward in terms of accounting and tax filing, but uh, those things that you mentioned, those, those are important. And and, and accountants that have that have this. Uh, niche, they they know what the expenses should be like um, compared to, um, let's say, a marketing expense compared to what they get. I'm just curious if we can make it uh, a freelancer show episode without mentioning dentistry as a niche. <laughs> it seems <laughs> that's been one that I hear every single time. It's awesome. Well, I did it for a while because my dad was a dentist, but yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what makes it awesome. It's just like every time it pops up. Yeah, the, this, the software industry is, is interesting, right? Because as a, as a software entrepreneur, you, you don't really have a lot of the expenses that uh, you have as a, as a restaurant or a bar owner, right? You say if you're mostly online, if you're running a SaaS company, right, your, your expenses are not, uh, are not the same. So things like, uh, um, you know, Things like transportation, right? If you if you're just working out of a out of your home office, um, you don't really use your car for anything, right? Or you don't have any mileage expenses and things like that. Um, so in general, um, software or online businesses are um, very uh, low overhead, right? So an accountant that knows a thing or two about software businesses 
will be able to advise and and, uh, and help with the you know getting the most of the, out of the tax deductions. All right. Well, um, anything else you all want to jump in on with this stuff before we do picks? All right. Let's go ahead and do some picks. Um, before we do that, though, Paul, if people are looking uh, for the kind of help that you offer at Less Accounting, how, how do they find you? Or if they have questions about accounting or bookkeeping in general, how do they sure, find you? Sure. If you have, uh, if anyone has any questions about the, the CARES Act, uh, you can just email CARES at Less Accounting. Um, go to our website, lessaccounting.com. Um, so there is a, a messenger that you can just ping and, and ask any question. Uh, we are on Twitter at, at Less Accounting, uh, as well as Facebook. Um, I don't know if anybody's using Facebook these days. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's do some picks. Joel, do you have some picks for us? Yes, I do. So uh, we're on a project and we've been working with one of our customers and lately we needed a way for them to just put in what bugs they found and what changes they want made. And Mantis is a piece of software that's been around forever, really simple to use. And for us, it's working great. And we found a company, Mantis Hub, that just hosted up there. And so literally in minutes, we were set up with our bug tracking for that project. So my first pick is Mantis and Mantis Hub. And my second pick is MuseScore. So I've been scoring some riffs and some bass lines. So I'm learning to play the bass during this whole isolation thing. And MuseScore is a free open source piece of software that's been super easy to learn to use. Just drop your quarter notes or eighth notes or your rests on there and drop where they are on the note scale. And you can even just play back that little sequence. It kind of sounds like a piano. It doesn't really sound like a bass, but it's enough so your ear can kind of hear whether you've got the sequence of notes right. Export it as a PDF or just leave it as a raw MuseScore file. So um, that's been a, a great program for helping me learn how to play the bass. So those are my two picks. That sounds awesome. Brad, what are your picks? Yeah, so for my picks, uh, we were talking before the show got started about my lighting setup for YouTube videos. So I've been doing YouTube videos. I highly recommend it for people uh, getting into, you know, content distribution, all that kind of stuff. If you're trying to build content, video is a great way to build trust and, and get some uh, traction. So uh, I'm, I'm going to share the lighting kit that I use. It's got a couple of uh, box lights and a couple of umbrella lights. And uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. You can find it on Amazon. I think I got it for cheaper a while ago. So I think the price has gone up a little bit, but I don't think that um, you need everything in it. So the, really the two things that I like about it are the two box lights, but I'm, I'm going to share that uh, so people can start getting their head around what a cool lighting kit looks like. And they're pretty affordable. So I really like that. And then to Joel's point, I have like picked up the guitar like mad since I've been in isolation. So with this whole thing, I have been like, I busted out my old Alvarez acoustic electric and have been jamming. So uh, I'll share a link to Guitar Tab Universe, which is where you can go find any guitar tab uh, for pretty much anything. But uh, I, I have been wowing my kids with the, the Justin Timberlake version of True Colors. They just love it. So it's been a blast. I think my kids would enjoy that from Trolls, right? controls it is yeah. awesome and another pick if you you know if you have kids or not trolls 2 was fantastic all right petra what are your picks all righty well uh, i was fortunate enough in the last week or so that i've sent out five or six um proposals i've been busy 
So I recently used some software to help me put proposals together. And unfortunately, they've just changed the pricing plan. Um, I got it for $15 a month. They've just gone up to $66 a month, which is a big change. Obviously, the more expensive one has some more features in it. So you'd need to see whether it's worthwhile for you. Um, but this software, it's, I've actually had clients, um, uh, agree to my proposal and then say, Hey, your proposal is so fantastic. I'm going to get the software myself. Um, so one person actually signed up for the software after getting my proposal and I signed up for the software after getting someone else's proposal with it. Um, basically it lets you embed videos and things into your proposal. Not that I'm using those, but the thing that I really like about it is, have I said, have I actually said what the company is? Yeah, it's called Quilla. It's Q-W-I-L-R. So, sorry. Um, but the thing I really like about it is when it comes to the pricing, you can have sections in there that are optional, sections that are mandatory, and the, um, the prospect needs to actually choose the things that they want. And what I find really good about this is you can do that whole, this option's more expensive. You can put that first um, and, then and then they see the next one and psychologically that one's better for them. But uh, if you make things not mandatory, they have to go out of their way to uh, not choose those which can psychologically make them want those features so sometimes if you have people that are um if there's price pressures where people are worried about how much your service is costing separating things out into separate line items using this software and um making them have to tick them or untick them is really good since i've been using the software i've been selling larger monthly packages just because people didn't want to untick the features that um were, uh, were, were not mandatory. So that's been working for me really, really well. I strongly recommend it. And the other thing is because it creates templates, you just use your template and it makes it a lot faster to put proposals together. All right. I'm going to jump in with a few picks. Um, so I have used less account, less accounting, not for a while, but I have used it as a pretty nice system. So I'm going to shout out about that. Um, also, uh, I have been working on getting some stuff together for uh, putting together an online course. And um, it's for the remote conferences. You can find those at devchat.tv slash conferences. Currently, I have them planned for JavaScript, iOS, Rails. I almost said Ruby, but it's Rails specifically and um, React Native. And I am working on pulling some more together. I'm actually looking for people who might want to volunteer to help run a few of them. And essentially, it's just doing the outreach and helping pick the talks and things like that. Um, once I have the the system all set up to run them, yeah, anyone who wants to do that work will just split the income 50-50, um, you know, and then I can just be involved where I have to be, you know. So, yeah, whatever you bring to the table has to make it worth it. But um, it, it's, an, it's a revenue source that I think we're going to see from po folks and the JavaScript conference in particular has started to get a lot of traction. So, uh, going to shout out about that. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So Paul, what are your picks? Yeah. So I'm uh, big on, on productivity and efficiency. And, uh, about, uh, three months ago, we switched to notion, uh, 
um, before that, we struggled with everything. So we, we had our docs, our, our stuff all over the place. We had the, the uh, 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 technology-related document in one place. We had uh, processes in, in, in Google Docs. We had it, some stuff in Slack. So we switched over to Notion, and, and basically we have everything in there. We have our sales information. We have our um, knowledge base articles. We have our um, all the engineering stuff uh, all in one place. I like it because it's easy to communicate with our team members. If they need to make a, a note on something, uh, they can just tag me there. I'll get notified so that that's pretty cool um zapier is another one but that's that's pretty old but the last hack uh that i uh i i really like is that i always get emails and i don't know where to put them so that i can take advantage of that later and, and kind of uh take care of it uh, at a later point uh, so that i don't get distracted so i usually start them and uh, and google and and uh and then i never look under the start messages so i set up the zapier um, zap to go from uh from gmail to my google calendar so as soon as i uh, start a message it'll just be it'll get added to my calendar um a few hours later uh, usually at night and um you know i can address it at that point so those are my two picks and last accounting of course i use that yep. for my own finances <laughs> yeah i'll bet all right. Well, thanks for coming, Paul. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. So as soon as Congress goes back into session, everyone go apply for PPP, I guess. Yes, please yes. do as soon as possible. Or those big, big uh, uh, restaurant chains will take all your money. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So thank you again. And until next time, folks, max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.